Okay, do it again. I don't know what the hell that counting was. You threw me completely off. <laughs> the fuck was that? Dude, I don't fucking know. I'm horrible at this game. So you're going to go one, two, three, and then we're going to go four or five, right? What is this? One, two, three, four, one, two. <laughs> Are you starting a song or what? Trying. Jesus. Okay. You Tim know what? I'm bad at the clap anyway. He's not what? hearing any of it. I'm bad well, at this clapping shit anyway, and you're making it listen, worse. it is very easy to get. It is not hard. <laughs> I can give you names of people you can just go to. They'll give it to you. It's not hard. It's not like winning the lottery. Okay, well, okay. then you can't count in all funky-dunky like that, so... One, two, three. <laughs> you went too slow. I can't win! <laughs> No, you what can't, you so doing? just give up you now. You do it. No, you do that's it. the clap. You that's do the, it. No, 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 that's no. the clap. <laughs> ah. You're listening to the Face Bay Network. <laughs> Nothing's going your way. You've had a bad day. It's good to keep it simple. Michelle and Seth say take a deep breath from fade to gray. It's mental. Okay. We clapped in, so you can do an intro, and uh, I'll follow. Oh, God, I have to do the intro? (laughs) Okay, I'll do the intro because you're going to read the quote. No, no. Welcome to another episode of Mental. This is Seth sitting in with my (laughs) co-host, Michelle Collins. How are (laughs) you? I'm sitting here trying not to laugh. <laughs> okay. So my co-host is currently undisposed. But listen, we are presenting a new series called Under Construction. And a lot of what we did in the last series was unpack the stages of power, but but through a lens of deconstruction. And so now we really right. want to take this next series and look at it a bit more in depth. But before I go there, before we jump in, Michelle, how are you? Other than laughing, how are you doing? <laughs> we're doing a mental minute? Okay. Well, um, I didn't say mental minute. I just no, asked how you were doing. No, that's what it is. That's what it is. The okay. mental minute. Okay. But now that carries a stigma, so. <laughs> it does. It and does I'm only indeed. laughing because you were goofing off before we hit, before we started the whole process. I like it. I like <laughs> you on edge. <laughs> Not knowing what to expect. Yeah, exactly. They keep me guessing. Uh, I'm actually doing okay. I'm actually living in an empty house. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Is it a nice house? It's a very nice house. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good sized house. It's a four bedroom, three and a half bath house, mm-hmm. which has absolutely nothing in it at the moment or very little in it because as everybody knows, we moved across the country during this whole last process of the month or whatever. And, my stuff doesn't get here till the 14th. Okay, so serious question. Because <laughs> okay. I've heard this mentioned of people who've used pods before. Mm-hmm. Did you know it was going to take that long? Well, to be fair, there's a reason it's taking that long. As you know, as you know personally, and I don't know if I mentioned this in our recording previously, but when we were selling our house, of course, we weren't sure the house was going to sell because of the market. We don't know what the market's doing. Right. So we started looking for a place to live. Uh, Tennessee, and we decided we were going to rent for a while before we tried to buy again because we didn't want to do right. all that at once. So we were trying to find a place to rent. Well, we ran into some problems with that, and we were having trouble getting confirmation that we were approved for anything. 
So in the process of this, we're packing up. Our pods are there. Uh, our house is now sold, but I still don't have confirmation on the other end that I have a house to go to. So mm -hmm. I don't have an address to give to pods when I schedule oh. them. So we go ahead and we go through the whole thing. Pods comes, we load all the pods, they actually take them. I had given them the zip code for where we were gonna be in Tennessee and my interpretation was that they would then move it there and hold it in storage until I gave them an address. That was not how they do it. They hold it where it was in California until I give mm. them an address. So I did not get an actual address confirmation until partway through the drive across the country. So, so we were literally like homeless. <laughs> and so when I got the confirmation, I then of course called pods and I said, here's the address, here's what it's gonna be. Well, this is a very busy moving season, so now they're booked out a couple of weeks. So it mm -hmm. became this much longer process. So there's a reason that that happened, but it's still very frustrating. And then on top of it all, we tried to get cable installed and because they don't have the fiber in the house, they have to come out and do it. Right. They couldn't do that until the 15th. So I have another t another week and a half of working from hotspots from our phones, <laughs> which is how this is being recorded. So hopefully it's all going to go this well. This episode is brought to you <laughs> by Apple hotspots. Not even Apple. Mine's Samsung. My daughter-in-law is oh. using an Apple. We actually oh, just Oh, well, got... why are we even doing this? This episode isn't going to work out <laughs> well. Well, your audio is going to be hor. You have a Samsung? Oh, shut up. My Samsung's oh, fine. But I have this nifty little thing called a, it's a MiFi. Yeah. Um, but I think we've used the data on that. I'm going to have to get another because everybody's working from home. Right. So we're, we're going through data like crazy. And so, yeah, we don't have anything happening for another week and a half here. So we are literally sleeping on the floor. We had to go to Walmart and buy a few plates and some pots and pans so that we could cook. We had to buy stuff for the bathroom, things that we already have. <laughs> That they're air locked mattress? in a pod somewhere. My it, son, why, why floor? Why not air? They, they cost not that much. I know. Much. I, my husband has, he had a pretty thick pad that he already had. And so mm -hmm. he was sleeping on that. So we got me one as well. And we just said, whatever, we'll deal with that. Because we were buying a new mattress anyway. That was one of the things we got rid of our mattress and said, when we get there, we're getting a new mattress. So we have purchased the mattress. We have to wait for it to get here, which apparently can be anywhere from today until the 8th. So everything is taking a few weeks here. So it's been an exercise in patience of which I'm not well known for. So, well, I'm, I can imagine internally, this is a process, but I must uh, inquire. I must, I must inquire. Yes. Yes. How is this impacting your relationships at home? Uh, I don't know. I think everybody in the house together is, is a frustration for me. I'm not used to it. I'm used to working at home by myself, so that's right. different with everybody here. But so far, not bad. I mean, the whole upstairs of the house is pretty much my husband and I's, and then my son and daughter-in-law are downstairs. So she has an office downstairs. I have an office upstairs. We pretty much are living upstairs. We use the kitchen, but, you know, so and the dogs go back and forth. So everybody's doing pretty well, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we're I all, just curious, we're all I... sleeping on the floors. So. <laughs> 
I recall the stories of the drive across the country. Oh, yeah. In which case you told your husband to, you need to get in your car and drive away. (laughs) You don't need an address. We're going to be on the road for seven hours. You know, getting him out of your way. And now I'm like, okay, now you're at home. You have a home with nothing in it. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm spending a lot of time at the gym, so. (laughs) Okay. That's okay. So... That's interesting. And I'm assuming you go to the gym like what? Once a day? Twice a day. And you know that. <laughs> Twice a day. <laughs> That's not normal. What, tell us about that. Uh, well, I'm at the point in prep where she has, my coach has added extra cardio. So I have a, mm-hmm. something called fasted cardio in the morning, um, mm. which means I don't get to eat until that cardio is done. Right. So that is basically 40 minutes on the Stairmaster in the morning before I get to eat. And then I have a whole lift routine each day. And then I have an evening cardio, which is 45 minutes on the bike. I, I can eat before those. but <laughs> So, yeah, That's I'm spending. Cool. And I'm used to doing my, my morning fasting cardio at home because I have a Nordic track bike. But it's in the pod. So, <laughs> I'm having to go to the gym first thing in the morning and then come home and then work and then go back to the gym in the evening. So, it's taking up a lot of time. Are the gym people nice? Have, they, have you made have you made friendly? I mean, you're I giving them lots of business, so. I you know it, gyms are weird for me. I don't I don't necessarily play well with other people. Apparently, have resting bitch face when I work out. I'm tense looking, and so maybe I'm scary. So not many people talk to me. I have talked to a couple people here. They were very friendly and nice, but I miss my gym back in California because everybody there was like family that gym I got to use for the last five weeks I was there I loved it mm-hmm. so I'm missing them and this one it's back to the regular public gym where nobody cleans up after themselves and you're tripping over weights and I just hate all of that shit <laughs> I just I want people it. to clean up after themselves so that makes sense but anyway it's fine I'm glad I have an open gym I'm, I'm very thankful for that so that's true Back yeah. in the midst of COVID, yeah. not all of them are open. No, no, they're not. So, all right, your turn, middle minute. Yeah, I was waiting. <laughs> You're trying so, to distract me again. I'm on to you. Well, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to talk about oh, okay. because this week, it, I mean, things have been fine overall. I made some poor financial decisions. Shocker. Oh, good. I'm living, <laughs> living with the consequences of that. Ah. Uh, but that's not enjoyable. I did. Okay. So in, I think it was our last episode, I mentioned that I was doing some serious thinking about changes that I wanted to make in my life and kind of, you know, the mirror was being raised and I didn't like what I was seeing and and things of that nature. So I did call a coach and actually I called two. Okay. One coach just sold everything he owns and is currently on the road, potentially going to Costa Rica. I'm not really for sure of the full story, but that's one coach I could, I could pursue. Okay. And then I also called another, I think that, and name dropped you because I think uh-huh. you guys are friends. We are. Jamal Javanji. And so had a conversation with him and then found out how much it was going to cost, which mm-hmm. I was not surprised by. But do you think I had that kind of money? No. So what would any (laughs) responsible 31-year-old do? Tell their parents that they want to change their life and to help fund it. Yeah, they didn't like that very much. They think it's way too expensive. And they don't really want to provide money to a non-licensed clinician. I mean, because he's not a therapist. He's a coach. 
Right. So he's, he's you know, coach. he doesn't have he doesn't have a clinical degree. So right. they don't think it's should charge that much. And we had a whole conversation about it. I'm like, this is just ironic because I 100% agree with you. It is too expensive and I shouldn't do this and I'm good. See, that's all yeah. the very fact that I made the outreach is a big enough deal. Mm. It, honestly. And my mom eventually came around and they may support it financially, potentially down the line. But her immediate response kind of, I was like, okay. I think there's a very real difference though, between therapy and life coaching. It was for oh, me because I try, I tried therapy first. I actually did try therapy. Very different. And honestly, I did not feel like it was structured enough for me. And and it could have just been the therapist as well. She was a very nice lady, but I felt like she was more interested in the subject matter of my book than she was mm-hmm. about why I was struggling with it. And right. uh, it was when I went to coaching that I found more structure. I found to be more challenging. And it wasn't just about what I wanted to talk about. There were very pointed questions. There were very, you know, difficult discussions that mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't necessarily get in therapy because their job is to just kind of allow you to See, and that's what I and that's what I can't do. What? So that's just allow you to do it. <laughs> right. I have to have structure. Uh, part of having a TBI and just kind of the way that my brain works, I'll just stare, stare at the therapist or tell them right. what they want to hear. Right. So I I need something more. I need something more in depth. Well, I wouldn't say in depth, but more structured. Challenging. Yeah. Where they challenge you personally. Right. And my, my yeah. whole statement is, you know, I've done years and years and years of therapy and without, with very, very little change, why mm. not try something else and see if it makes a difference? Well, exactly. Like, and, and like I said, harm? that it was what it worked for me. I found it to be a very big benefit to me personally, as I was struggling with some stuff as opposed to the therapy route. So, I mean, you know, Having just from my experience, and of course everyone is different. I, I really appreciated the whole coaching route. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's even I'm, though even though there's no degree associated with it or anything. Right, like that, and so. I it was a very good conversation. the um, The person I spoke with really knows what he's doing. It's very evident. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, and he's smart, and he asked the right questions. Right. Part of the reason that therapy doesn't work for me is I can't just sit there and emote. Like I can't just, I, <laughs> no, I have to be asked specific questions. You have to dig. My yeah. stuff doesn't just. Just doesn't spring out. forth. Got, no, it does not. <laughs> as much as I want it to, it does not. Uh, and that's been evident with the amount of money that has been spent on therapy. It no. has not worked. But let's talk for one other. Th- let's talk about one other thing I want to mention just in regards to what's happened this last week okay um a lot of the things that i was mentioning in our last series on the stages of power emotionally where i was with everything i with my relationships and just kind of feeling on edge and and just not feeling really well a lot of that has rolled over since those episodes were recorded what do you mean Uh, rolled over there's been some interventions within some of those friend groups. Oh, okay. <laughs> not involving me at all, which has been right. so nice. And, and really to kind of be on the back end where I'm not in the middle of it has been enjoyable. Right. <laughs> and so that's kind of made me feel a little bit more calm 
and a little more stable. Well, so that's I good. would say, yeah, this week I'm feeling more stable. However, next week I'm teaching something I've never <laughs> taught before at work. So it's all going to go down the hill pretty soon. But who knows? Tomorrow could be a whole different story for any given, for any, well, tomorrow, any person. <laughs> yeah. Well, tomorrow's Friday. I end up with one class. I, and I'm happy with that. It's next week. I'm nervous about it. We'll see. But hey, Monday is a holiday. Oh, that's right. I have to remember so, that. We do get a day off. Yeah, don't work. I probably still will anyway, just because oh, that's what will. I do. But but I'm going to tell you not But to. I do have to adjust my gym time because they're going to close early. So I have to remember that. So. Yep. I bet they will. It's sad. Yeah. It's not 24-7. No, not this one. It's... um they have very specific hours it's not a chain it's a it's a a one place gym <laughs> here in this town so um gotcha. uh, the gyms i already belong to aren't in this part of the country you know what else is not anywhere around me is my bank i'm like so annoyed like there's no wells fargo like here <laughs> like i have to drive like 25 miles away to find a bank and all yeah. my accounts are there. So, yeah, life has shifted a lot. So, I've got a lot of things you might to need to, You might need to change banks. It, it's not Maybe, the but that's thing a frustration. Well, it, it is, is because I have, a, I have a business account and there's a DBA associated with it. So, I have to redo wow. all that. So, it's a pain in the butt. But everything's different. The grocery stores are different. You know, everything is just different. So, it's a big adjustment. Yeah. So, I'll feel better when my stuff's here. Oh, it's, I fully believe that. I think yeah, once you I have, have felt really homesick. Home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully my home actually here, that would be helpful. So it's so weird. I was, I was laughing the other day with somebody cause I'm like, nothing has changed. I still work from home. I just go to the gym. I don't do a lot of other stuff. So nothing's really changed. And yet I feel homesick. It's crazy. Yeah. So, well, and plus the weather here is very, very different. So because mm -hmm. of the hurricanes, that were in the south, a lot of that weather came up. So we've had a lot of rain, which is really cool from somebody for somebody from California because we don't see rain very often and we certainly don't see thunder and lightning. And so that's been really exciting. But the humidity levels are ridiculous. Yes. And <laughs> it's they, crazy. The humidity yeah. tends to jump after the rain. Yeah. Well, it's just something I'm not very used to. So that's another adjustment. But anyway, mm -hmm. we should probably talk about our new series. <laughs> we should. Actually, this all kind of rolls with it, to be honest, because deconstruction is about questioning everything. It's about change. It's about evolution. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly what I've been dealing with for a while. <laughs> so, I feel like my whole life is being deconstructed. So. Well, <laughs> on different levels, on different planes, I suppose sure. that's true of, of almost all of us. Just, I mean, at, yeah. at, at points in our lives. So, Well, that's a good point. So. Maybe that's a starting point because I know that you and I have had this discussion before and I don't recall if we mentioned it in the last series or not, but when we're using the term deconstruction, of course, we're using a term that had another meaning, but has become well known for this. It's a buzzword. It's a buzzword. Yeah. Um, but basically it's about unity of text. It's about identifying the terms that we're using and agreeing on the definitions of them. So from that perspective, it still works. Deconstruction as we are using it is talking about questioning your beliefs, but I think it's a bigger topic than that because for most people, it's about questioning your religious beliefs, but there's more to it than that because you may just... You may just be questioning one or two things about your belief system, and so that would be somewhere on the spectrum of deconstruction. You may be questioning your belief in God in totality. 
And then maybe you're going to go even farther down the spectrum and you're going to start questioning yourself and your place in life. And, you know, I don't know, maybe we've all felt, maybe we've all heard of that as more of like a midlife crisis kind of scenario, but I think it fits into this definition. So when we're talking about deconstruction, I think we're going to talk about all of that. All of it encompasses us. So, yeah, and I want to split hairs. I want to unpack something really quickly because when we were talking about this and we were talking about it being larger than religious deconstruction, Mm -hmm. given my experience, the thing I immediately thought of was like, okay, relationships. But then the way that I tried to deconstruct relationships was 100% still in the bucket of religious deconstruction. Yeah. Right. So I was talking about relationships and how the church hurts that. Well, that's still religious deconstruction. It's an aspect of religious deconstruction. And so when you say it's bigger than that, uh, so, okay, I'm trying to word this in a way that makes sense. Are we talking about these different aspects of our life in regards to religious deconstruction? Are we literally talking about deconstructing outside of faith? I think it's both and all, all of those things. Okay. I think part of the reason that it feels like it continues to come back to religion, so to speak, is because, especially from a Christian perspective, we've been taught that our religion is so inherently a part of our identity. Right. Um, it's part we've of been everything. taught that our identity is in Christ. So when you begin to question Christ, or you begin to question the church, or the tenets of your belief system, I don't know that you can avoid at the end of it all, questioning yourself because you are literally questioning the foundations of your own identity or that what you've always been led to believe is your identity. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like you're right. It does continue to come back to something religious in nature, but it is bigger because it is about more. And I think we discover that along the way in this journey. We discover life is not so simply defined as what we believe religiously, but there's so much more to us than that. Mm, okay, um, I want that, that. That I want to grab onto. That was okay. good. There's so <laughs> much more to us other than our religion. Yes. Go. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh, good. I managed to spit out something. <laughs> well, so you, you mainly say uh, pretty much everything you say is good. Let's be honest. That's why most people listen. But I. <laughs> no, I just really like that, though. Yeah. Right. Because even around not related to religion at all. Uh, LGBTQ people make their entire identity about their sexuality um, or atheists make their entire identity about their lack of belief and Christians make it right. all about their, you know, there right. is definitely something to be said about people that make things and let it label their entire lives. And right. so I just wanted to point that out. Well, and so, and again, so the problem, if we're going to say there's a problem in air quotes, with that. The problem is that anytime any of those identifiers come into question, suddenly now your whole identity is called into question. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, I only understand this from the Christian perspective. That is my experience. Uh, grew up being labeled a Christian, being told you're not of this world, that you're just in this world, that it's not about the here and the now, it's about eternity. Um, all of all of this stuff that as a woman in the church, I'm expected to act certain ways. So there's all these identifiers along the way that say, this is what a Christian looks like. You are a Christian, so this is how you have to look until you question some of those tenets. And then suddenly you're thrust into an identity that is maybe on the outside of the norm or the, expect- or the expectation of others. And 
I think that's where things really start to unravel because for a while it's just questions in your mind. It's just thoughts that come up. After a while, those start coming out of you in the form of conversation or outward questions, which then alerts other people to this, this thought process going on inside of you. And of course, they're going to respond from their perspective or from their identity. So now you can see how it just all begins to roll and you end up with all of these people having very different experiences trying to describe the same thing. Right. And Which very is difficult. absolute, right. There's confusion. Yeah. yeah. But you have that quote. I wanted you to read that quote. Um, Absolutely. So uh, I want to just, is, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, before I want Michelle to talk about where she pulled the quote, but I just want to mention that this okay. quote is um, actually in Michelle's upcoming book uh, that's going yeah. to come out. Uh, she quotes this author. So tell us a little bit about this. Uh, his name is Caputo. I don't, and I apologize. I don't have the book in front of me. Again, all of my stuff is in a pod somewhere in the Midwest at the moment. I'm assuming, but uh, it's. I did quote him in my book, Caputo, and the book, if I'm remembering correctly, is called "What Would Jesus Deconstruct?" Yes, it is. And basically, he was the opening conversation I had on this subject matter. Reading his book was the. After when I began to be vocal about my questions, it was his book that kind of helped frame that. So go ahead and read the quote for me since you have it and I don't. Well, sure. I'm actually going to read it from your book. John Caputo, in What Would Jesus Deconstruct, saw the process of deconstruction in a way that things are made to tremble by their own inner impulse, by a force that will give them no rest that keeps forcing itself to the surface, forcing itself out, making the thing resolve. And that, when I read that, I was deeply impacted by that because it so very succinctly explained exactly what I was feeling and experiencing. Mm-hmm. My deconstruction did not begin with a question where I went, I think I'm going to talk about this and start asking about this. It was just a question that popped into my head. Right. And I tried to dismiss it multiple times and it wouldn't go away. And then as soon as, I, as soon as I began to explore that question, new questions cropped up. And after a while, I couldn't stop the process anymore. And everybody that I've talked to and, and shared my experience with and has shared their experience with me has said the same thing. It's, it's just like a domino effect. It just keeps happening and we can't stop it. To what do end? Do you look like you have something to say? Yes, I do. Because I want to know to what end. Because okay. deconstruction, okay, I get that this is happening, that you didn't ask for this. Right, it's not like right. you sought out and you were like, "I am going to disprove God." It literally <laughs> just the 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 things started falling. Right, questions started to happen. I yeah. get that, and I get asking the questions and then starting to, you know, actually look at your different belief tenets, your different belief systems, right, and looking at things mm-hmm. independently, and then, you know, analyzing and seeing where do I fall on this. I, I right. get that. But for how long? Good question. And how many things are you going to deconstruct? Like, is no there clue. a goal? Because I, Well, I, again, it's hard to set a goal for something that you didn't decide on a process for. I was, I was kind of at the risk of sounding dramatic. I was thrust into this process. I didn't choose it. I don't know anybody that has chosen this process. I don't think anybody has stepped up and said, yeah, for fun today, I'm going to. 
evaluate all of my belief systems. And by the way, it doesn't even start that way. It starts much, much smaller. So when I say people talking about questioning the totality of God, that never occurred to me when this started. As a matter of fact, I pushed that idea away. Somebody presented that to me and I said, that'll never happen to me. My faith is too strong in God. So this is not a process where anybody introduces themselves into it. It's something that happens to us. And I don't know. For everybody, the impetus is different. And for everybody, the process is different. And so for everybody, the outcome will be different. I don't know that we get a set outcome. I, I fully believe now, after having endured this for quite a number of years, I fully believe that this process is now a lifelong process of evaluation and questioning and changing and evolving because I think that's actually healthy now. It's healthy now. <laughs> Meaning that it was not healthy before? Meaning that when you are so, I don't know, the only word that comes to mind is stubborn in your beliefs. When you refuse to evaluate any of anything else, I, I believe you're stuck there that, that that is an unhealthy way to live. Um, I just don't think we know that until we start questioning because we haven't seen the other side of it. We only know, and, and we've been trained and conditioned that that equals faith. Richard Rohr, honest, uh, ironically, uh, I don't have the, the quote available, but he made a, a comment to the effect that, that it's ironic that everything that faith is supposed to be has now become something else. It, you know, that right. now faith is identified by certainty rather than mystery, because faith is mystery. But yet, I know that I was raised this way. I would hazard a guess that you were as well, that faith means you didn't change your mind. Correct. That you held on to your beliefs and you did not move. But that doesn't allow for the fact that you just could be wrong, that the people that taught you could just be wrong. And well, so. But, but the idea was we can't be wrong because of our lasting, strengthful, restoring relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the wisdom of the pastor. Well, okay, so let's unpack and, that for a moment. And the analysis of the scriptural text, which was written okay. by God. God okay, breathed. Let's, let's unpack those for a minute. So let's start with, so give me your list again. Do you remember know. what you said? No, I don't. <laughs> well, let's start with the scriptures. Let's start with the scriptures. Because I'm going to challenge you there, and I would have never challenged this any other time in my life, but I will now. I'm going to challenge you as to the scripture that you're being taught is being taught to you by someone who has a perspective or a lens, if you will. Correct. Um, and as we discussed previously in, in the last series, on one, of my, one of the things that bothers me so much, many of the pastors that are out there preaching and teaching right now don't have any studied background. First of all, in theology at all, but most specifically in original languages. So you're talking about somebody teaching you something that they have no foundational education in. That's problematic. Also, we are talking about a person teaching you who is also teaching you through a lens of their experience, which is often not very, they're not leaving room for, for themselves to be questioned or their beliefs to be questioned because they have faith. I'm saying that in your quotes. So again, everything we've been taught and learned is from a specific perspective. And so having never been allowed to question that, 
when so suddenly you can, it. you can so, go, so wow. So, Michelle, so question it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> question it and form a new relationship with Jesus and, and let this be gone. Like, I don't. Hmm. I know you I don't wish like, it worked. That I know way. you don't like anything I'm saying, but I know that people are thinking this. So yeah. I well again, know, I, I, I don't hold my process up as the process, and you know that I have a very big problem with people who have identified I'm a not, process. I'm not suggesting you have all the answers. By all means, I don't. I don't think. No, I don't no. at um, all. Nor is my process going to work for anybody else because it's for me. Right, and we all have to deal with that on our own. Right. So as we're talking about the subject matter, we can't even say here's a task list or here's a go-to list for how to handle this. This is a sink or swim situation. You get tossed in, you better learn to swim. Mm-hmm. Or, shameless plug, I have a new book coming out with my good friend Matthew DiStefano and it's called Learning to Float. So, yeah. <laughs> so you better learn to at least float. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really want to get him on Fade to Gray. <laughs> yeah, so learning to float. I'm excited for that. When does it come out? It'll probably be next year sometime. Next year? I don't, we don't have a time frame yet. We're still in editing. We're still okay. still writing certain sections of it and whatnot. But the point being that it's, it's basically his personal journey of deconstruction that he and I talk through. Hmm. Um, and we do talk about this process, that how different it is for each and every person and how it affects each one of us differently on a mental level. See, because... So, most of the people, and I'm just being forthcoming here, most of the people in my life choose a camp. Of course, yeah. That's typical, I think, for most of them. Like, they're either a Christian right. or they're an atheist. They were a Christian, well, isn't it they're no funny? longer. But again, they're, so let's you know, go back so to that's, the... So that's the whole thing. It's like you're still wanting in the camp, but you're wanting to question all of it at the same time. So, uh, you know. Well, point of clarification, I don't want in the camp. I have no interest in being in the camp anymore. Mm. Um, but let's come back to the term again, deconstruction. As I said, it's about unity of text. So for you to make a comment that com- that compares and contrasts Christianity versus atheism is a big statement. Because again, Christianity means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, as does atheism. And let's not even forget agnosticism. Belief versus non-belief. That is but what I'm you, speaking to. Okay, but how do you measure those? And how do you measure the veracity of each of those? You cannot. No. And that's my biggest problem in this whole process, especially as it relates to relationships with other people, is immediately when you begin to question, you are suddenly suspect. You are suddenly somebody that's not to be trusted anymore because you don't match their definition of Christianity anymore. But yet they've never questioned their own version of Christianity. Right. And so therefore my opinion of them is less. <laughs> that's pretty shitty of you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, as I should say, my opinion of them is less. What I mean to say <laughs> is that that impacts my opinion of them to what I trust and what I share. Sure. Absolutely. Right, but that's what, I mean, this, if they that's why this if they haven't is so done hard. the study. If they haven't done the study, I don't give a flying shit what they think. I don't right. give a, a shit about their opinion. They haven't done the study, so you move on. You know, like. But you're talking about your ability to be able to walk away from somebody's derision that way. Other people don't have that. I struggle greatly 
in the beginning of this with, and, and again, this process for most people that I've talked to, and this, I'll say most, I won't say all, because I don't like the blanket statements. Most of the people that find themselves in the middle of this process, it's a very inward thing for a long time because suddenly they're struck with a lot of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their faith has been shaken. Their questions are there. They suddenly can very much identify with Thomas in, in the Bible and his questioning of Christ. And so, of course, because that's a shake to their faith, they don't want to show that to anybody. So we maintain, we go to church, we still read the Bible, we still pray, but inwardly, we're fighting this battle of questions until it becomes a point, it's like a pot that boils over. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it boils over and the things start coming out and you find yourself questioning like, well, wait a minute to somebody else. What about, and now you've outed yourself on a small level which will get bigger, by the way. Right. Because as that quote said, it has to resolve. You have to bring it out. And so uh, it, this has a very big effect on us personally, but it also causes a good amount of struggle with our relationships and not only with other people, but with God. And again, that was something that was suggested to me and I dismissed it and said that would never happen, but it did. It did happen. And that doesn't mean it will for everybody, but it did for me. So the first thing I want to say about this whole process, and I think we've said this multiple times, is this is a very subjective subject. Yes. Everything is going to be different. It's it's evident in this conversation, just in our different uh, approach to this. Absolutely. Everyone is different, and this is very subjective. And the way that you view your faith is subjective, and, and really how you then deal with it. So right. there's no judgment in anything. There's that no Michelle right or wrong here. Right. This is yeah. not saying we have the right way or this is right, this is nope. wrong. It's more just looking at the situation and then looking at how this impacts us. Yeah. On both sides. And I would say, actually, you have to very much tongue-in-cheek approach mm-hmm. anybody that is telling you that there's a process for deconstruction or reconstruction, which is another new buzzword. Anytime somebody is telling you, here's how this works, what they're actually saying is, here's how I've experienced it. And you right. may find some similarities along the way, but please don't be foolish enough to believe that that is the process because you are a very different person. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that in the collective you, everybody, each person is a very different person. And so you're going to handle this differently. You're going to discuss it differently. You're going to resolve it differently. And at different points along the spectrum, you will resolve it. So... It's it's a difficult subject, but I, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of value to talking about it over this next month. Um, we want to get into talking about why people have difficulty changing their mind. Okay, that's um, good. We, I like that. Yeah, because there's some very real psychological processes that are going on for people who are mm-hmm. being challenged to change their mind. Yes. Um, again, a lot of that will fall very much into the conversation right now, especially as we have an election season on us and people are very dogmatic about their beliefs of that. So a lot of this plays into that because it's psychological across the board. The other thing we're going to talk about is relationships because I think out of everything that I've read and studied and all the people I've spoken to, relationships continues to be the number one problematic area for people that are experiencing some form of deconstruction. Yeah, it's also true that relationships though are a center issue and almost 
any sure. major thing yeah. in a person's life, the relationships Absolutely. are generally playing a significant role. So, right. I mean, relationships are valid regardless of what we're talking about, but I think it really plays an impactful role around this because it comes back to imposter syndrome. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, for sure. And so there's a, a little bit of imposter syndrome going on there. And then there's also this idea of just comparison. Um, and then where both within ourselves but then also we're being compared and then if we don't meet other people's standards or we are questioning things that they believe yeah it gets complicated very yeah, quickly it gets that's ugly. gonna be it's gonna be a fun episode there's gonna be a lot That'll of be things, a good discussion yeah, yeah a lot of things we can unpack there. well and then we have to extrapolate out from that and say okay not only are we talking about our face-to-face -face relationships but we're also talking about our relationship to god because that will have an effect as this will have an effect on that as well so we have to really consider that but and along the way i i feel very strongly that we have to be very open both of us with our process in this because it, as i said there is no the process so we have to i think it's a good thing if we actually are processing differently so that people can see that yeah um i think that's val valuable so you were going to ask I, me what well i just i your level of deconstruction makes me uncomfortable okay michelle and <laughs> it makes me a little angry and i'm just like get over it that's what i want to tell you a lot of the time it's just get over it move on uh, but we know that that's not true we know that that is not an appropriate response and that this takes a very long time and there's a lot of a things valid that response if you feel it, it's valid doesn't mean i'm gonna do it but <laughs> fair <laughs> no, I, I at times I feel that way around people who are really into this deconstruction thing. I'm kind of like just move on, get over it. Um, I'm right. like I truthfully am the kind of guy that rather than resolving an issue or resolving a conflict or making some major changes in my life, I just like to hit the pause button and then hope it goes away. And it mm -hmm. works sometimes, but then it comes back, and so. I've done sure. that with the whole God thing and the deconstruction thing. And I have a very good feeling that all of that is going to come <laughs> to the surface. So it will at some point, it may not be now. And honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with that pause. I've, I've had to take a couple pauses along the way and say, I, I can't go any further right now because mm -hmm. it, it's too much. It's mentally and emotionally too much often and also depending upon life circumstances at the time it can be problematic to trying to resolve those issues right so i don't think there's anything wrong with a break i i do think though however that if you don't have resolution those things will continue to come back at some point and yeah, you will coach, have to deal with them <laughs> that coach i talked about mentioned them as like patterns he's like you'll yeah. notice the stuff keeps coming and keeps that's happening right. and i'm like yeah, that's right. whatever <laughs> I know he's Whatever. right. I just don't. I just don't like it. I don't like. I told you you weren't gonna like. I told you like he would piss you off. He would make you cry. He would make you never want to talk to him again. That's the way it works. Yeah. Until you finally go, okay, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, so you have anything else you want to say about deconstruction as an overview? Other than stick with us. I know that this topic can be very triggering to some people. 
Very I much know so. that this topic pisses a lot of people off. Pisses me off all the time. I know it means a lot to a lot of people. I know a lot of people have been through it. There's just a lot of different person personality is not the word I'm looking for. There are a lot of different opinions on this topic. And we've already right. mentioned this, but we are not here to tell you how to deconstruct. And I know I'm just repeating no. ourselves here, but I really want this emphasized as you listen to this episode. Like listen to our hearts, listen to our experiences and apply that to your life. We're not telling you what to do or this is the way forward. Right. What we're doing is we're, we're going to tell you where we are yeah. and, and kind of the things that have worked for us. And I'm really excited for our, for our next episode in this series. Um, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> so there, every part of this process is valid. And if you're struggling with it to feel like, I just need to get over it. Allow yourself this journey. It's important. And if you don't, it will come back eventually. And so as much as you can, I'm going to use a term here that was a military term. Uh, embrace the suck. <laughs> just embrace it because it's going to come back anyway. Just wade through it. But please know that every person that's struggling with themselves on some level it's a valid struggle and it's okay that you're doing so. And there should not be judgment for that. I don't believe anyway. And so I, I'm excited to talk about this subject only because I'm living this subject. I have been for quite some time. And as I said, I don't know that it goes away, but maybe we just find more peace about it in the process. And that's kind of where I am lately. So well, I think I can... it's going to be good. I can get behind that message. Yeah. So. <laughs> when you're done telling me to get the hell over it. <laughs> right. Get out of here. Get over it. I'm tired of listening to you complain. Well, you know, part of it is, is it, like we said, it's become such a buzzword that people are tired of hearing the word. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, those people are people that have not, they haven't experienced it yet. So to them, they're like, I don't know what the big deal is. Just move on. <laughs> until they're going to find themselves on their face at some point going, oh, shit, I feel like I've been hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And welcome. <laughs> welcome. And now you understand. This exactly. is what it feels like. Absolutely. You like it? It's a good time. Come join And the then fun. I'm going to say, get the hell over it. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm excited. So please feel free to check out the rest of this series. And if you are interested in mental, I want to let you know we've got a Facebook community. Um, the Marco Polo community is gone. I have demolished oh. it. I know. No oh. one used it. Literally, <laughs> it was just me talking about our episodes and no one responded. So be happy that is gone. Uh, we do have, so we have the Facebook group. If you want to support us financially, we do have some perks, including bonus episodes I'm looking into. Um, and so oh. please know you can support us for as little as $5 a month on Patreon. And anything else we should we should advertise, Michelle? We do have an Instagram page uh, yes. that Seth is trying to get me to manage, and I'm woefully bad at it. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Like, I can't do Instagram. It's not in my DNA. And this woman is a bodybuilder who posts pictures of herself like every other day. I'm like, okay. listen, when you go to take a selfie, think <laughs> mental, I'll do a selfie and then I'll send like a positive uh, meme or something. I don't know. Okay, Whatever I'll try and remember want. that. But, but again, I'm not like some genius with Instagram either. And I'm trying to 
figure out the inca the inca trist ah, I can't think of the word. I'm trying to figure out Snapchat. <laughs> so I just feel like an old person that has no idea how to use all these apps. So if you don't see any Instagram posts from Mental, you know it's on Michelle. Seth is doing his best. Fault. I'm doing my best. <laughs> oh, which I didn't run this by Michelle before mentioning this, so uh -oh. this might get cut. But, uh -oh. <laughs> but, mental listeners, Michelle and I have had an idea, and I want to make it a reality. Uh-oh. What idea do you was have this? A, do you have a second phone? Oh, I did, but we used it now for the MiFi. <laughs> But we can get one. Yeah, we can do that. Does it still have a voicemail? Uh, probably. I don't know. But yeah. Oh, so you're talking about us having a hotline, so to yes. speak. Yes. Yes, okay. I am. So, and we know of one other uh, podcast that has a hotline. So. Well, it's not a hotline. It just It's a line where I want us to have a line where you guys can call in. Um, one, if there's anything that we've said that you felt was meaningful and you have something to add to the conversation, I want you to share. But also, if you want to call in and if there's something you want us to talk about specifically, um, you can leave a message anonymously. We will not call yeah. you back. Um, I mean, yeah, we're, we may have your phone number because you called it, but we're not going to call you back unless you no ask annoying us to. text messages or no. anything like that. No, just a place. But a, that's a the other thing you line. can text. You can. That was the point. You'd be able to text. You'd be able to leave a message yeah. um, with comments, with suggestions to vent, to tell us we don't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> Something I think to things are possible. <laughs> so be well, looking okay, for I that. Okay, I about that. To be looking for that. That's hopefully going to happen uh, in a few weeks. And um, I, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Until Other than this, this is going to be a fun journey, but it's also not a very well-scripted one because I don't know how it can be. Uh, I know. <laughs> you guys didn't know this was unscripted. It's unscripted. It's always unscripted. <laughs> we have a general idea when we start. That's all we got. General ideas. But hey. This has been a fun conversation, so be sure to listen to the rest of the uh, rest of the series. That's right. We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories, their nuanced conversations, and forward thinking, and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters. Every voice is important. Life is polarizing, but not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Fade to Gray is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Head on over to fade to gray for more information.